G'day, g'day. It is a Tuesday and welcome to the Slicks on in the Work podcast. It's the Russian Grand Prix edition. GZ had everything for Russian Grand Prix as well. It was good. See the turning up. Let's get into it. Welcome one and welcome all. My name is Charlie. This is episode four. And I'm feeling pretty happy, you know. I didn't expect much going into the weekend. Um, the Sochi circuit isn't exactly known for creating uh, high drama or any sort of entertainment whatsoever. But, you know, Russia, it, it, it showed out, put on a show and, um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed the, the whole weekend, really. I mean, drama early. Was there going to be a race even? We didn't know. Was it a repeat of Spa? You know, Panic, panic stations early, and then especially Saturday morning, uh, the panic really started to set in when uh, free practice three got uh, canned. But you know what? What was to follow was one of the one of the better uh, qualifying sessions we've seen. So you know, Formula One, it's it's a weird world. Things can change very quickly, and uh, you know, it's it's good. It's a uh, it's a good time to be a Formula One fan. I think we've got a great championship fight that is. Um, really starting to get into it now and um it, it just shows i mean we'll get into qualifying but it just shows how close it is this year i mean the midfield i think it was mentioned a couple of times during the weekend how good the uh the midfield is and um but yeah obviously uh didn't go to plan if, if you're a mclaren fan obviously if you watch the race you know that didn't go all too well for Lando Norris. I mean, what what a drive though. I mean, not to discredit him in any way. I, I think, like he made the wrong call, but still a fantastic drive. And um, yeah. And but in uh, the despair of uh, Lando, we did see Lewis Hamilton's 100th Grand Prix win. So quick shout out to Lewis. I mean, I've never seen anyone dominate a sport like I've seen Lewis Hamilton dominate. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. Like, obviously this weekend he was thrown to a situation. Like, people say he gets lucky, but how many times do you have to get lucky before people go, you know what, he might be just he might just be good? Because, like, there's so many situations where he just always seems to get it done. He just always seems to prevail. And, you know, sure, the car might have been dominant as well, but... He still finds a way, you know, even when it is up against the wall. So, shout out Lewis Hamilton. He got to raise the bat. A hundred Grand Prix wins. It's it's hard to even fathom that. Like, you know, Lando was going for his first and he couldn't even get there. And you see how hard he had to work. I mean, Lewis has done that a hundred times. It's ridiculous. And um, we will talk a bit, a bit more about Lewis later. But, um, yeah, I, I do send my uh, most sincere apologies to Lando. Obviously, he tried to get it done uh, late in the race on the slicks in the wet. Yeah, this, he had the slicks on in the wet. And um, obviously, Lando must be a big fan. I know, I know he, he listens in every week. He's like, have me on, Charlie. I, I said, Lando, I've got bigger things to do. I'm sorry, I will get you on eventually. But, um, you know, obviously, he got too big of a fan and he sort of took it a bit literally. And he, he kept the slicks on in the wet d- despite... Obviously, the irony's gone straight past him in the name, and um, 
yeah, I do send my sincerest apologies to uh, the extended Norris family, the, uh, the McLaren team, and really every everyone uh, in F1 in general. So, look, that is my bad. My hands are up. But I'm sorry. What can you do? Um, I'm, it's not my fault that Lando Norris loved my podcast. And, um, but yeah, in a more serious matter and much more, let's say, uh, real, let's get into this Russian Grand Prix. As every weekend does, it uh, kicked off on Friday. Um, in you know, we, we get candid here, and uh, I didn't watch. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I think, like, at, at Friday, I thought this is going to be boring, uh, a boring race weekend. Obviously, I was wrong, but at the time, you know, I had no interest uh, watching cars go around Sochi. I'm sorry. You know, you're probably thinking, how the hell can I trust this guy? Uh, you can't. You cannot. I don't know if you come here from some sort of uh, serious analytical analysis. Does that make sense? Analytical analysis. I, f- I feel like I just said the same word twice there. But uh, nonetheless, if you come here for anything like that, um, you got bigger issues because I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, but can somehow manage to fit about 50 minutes of just absolute garbage in. So didn't check in a Friday. Um, from all accounts, nothing really happened. I didn't watch the highlights. That is just some disrespect on another level. And I, uh, I'm sorry for that. But what are you going to do? Look, who cares? Friday, practice. I mean, it's great. Don't get me wrong. You know, maybe you're doing nothing else. But uh, unfortunately, it was uh, AFL Grand Final weekend. And a public holiday. Like, <laughs> yeah. If there's anyone overseas listening, I highly doubt it, but it was the AFL Grand Final this weekend, and um, you're probably thinking, oh, but you can still watch F1. Just to give you an idea of how important the AFL Grand Final is here in the great state of Victoria, there is a public holiday before it. So it's on the Saturday. There, <laughs> Everyone gets Friday off. So you best believe uh, Formula 1 wasn't at the uh, forefront of my mind, but... Um, you know, we're here, we're out here, did watch uh, qualifying uh, on Saturday, had to re-watch it Sunday, because it was on about 11 uh, here in Australia, and that was, I think the footy finished 10 uh, around, so I mean, you can only imagine, I mean, you, you work it out, you, you, you scribble between the lines there, um, but yeah, Saturday, I, I, I did watch qualifying uh, live and then I, I also watched it again uh, Sunday before the race. So I'm all over qualifying. I can give you that in-depth and analytical analysis that you're all begging for, apparently. Um, so yeah, it was wet qualifying. Uh, I don't think that was a surprise to anyone after the pitches we saw during the week, uh, during the, like, the Formula 3 and Formula 2, it, it was flooded. The garages were flooded. Um, as I said earlier, flashbacks to Spa. It didn't look great. It didn't look flash at all. But uh, it prevailed. We got a, a wet Q1, which... Uh, I mean, Verstappen and Leclerc... Actually, I think Leclerc did Q1, but obviously Verstappen didn't bother. Obviously taking that um, the new engine after he got... I mean, he's had a few engine troubles, especially after Silverstone, uh, which... I think everyone knows what happened there, but he had to take a new engine, and then because it's his fourth for the year, you're only allowed three, I should say power units, they're not engines, uh, they're hybrid 
power units. Um, but yeah, so you're only led three during the year. He's worn through all them three for various reasons. So he had to take a four. So he went to the back of the grid and so obviously there's no points. We've seen Valtteri Bottas do the same thing in Monza, but he's still participated in sprint qualifying because you can get points. But obviously there's no points on offer in regular qualifying. So he, um, Max didn't bother, which, I mean, sort of dampened the mood a bit because I thought it was going to be like a, you know, classic Hamilton Verstappen hit out, but boy was I wrong. And um, I think Leclerc did Q1 and then just sort of said, no, I'm outie, um, which is fair enough. So yeah, wet Q1, Q2. Uh, disappointment at Alpha Tauri. I think. I think they were both out in Q2, which... I think Alvatari, they're nearly the disappointment of the year for me. Um, obviously, I think it's sort of that thing where Valtteri Bottas looks way worse because his teammates Lewis Hamilton. When you're Red Bull's sister team and they're doing so well with that Honda Power unit, I think there is an expectation that you've got to be better. And I know Pierre's been well. Um, this isn't a shot at Pierre. I think Pierre's actually done pretty well. Um, I think he's driven that car... Uh, past its limit and um, got results that it really shouldn't have but Yuki Sonoda I've said it a couple of weeks now I love the guy how can you not love him the teammate I think they're one of the more underrated driver pairings uh, Pierre and Yuki but Yuki just isn't it he's just not it I, I don't think he's made it to I, yeah he hasn't he hasn't made it to Q3 this year which for that Alfred Terry car at least a couple of times I just don't know how he he just hasn't been good in qualifying and then but the problem is, he doesn't have the racecraft to make up for it. I, I, I can It can be excused if you don't have the racecraft, if you're at least got a qualifying. I think that's sort of a, excuse me, a, a Valtteri Bottas situation. You know, he may not be the best racer, but he can qualify well. And, w- and we've seen that throughout the years. But Yuki sort of, he's not, not got much to work with, I don't think. But they have confirmed for next year which I thought was a bit of a surprise but uh, you know so hopefully he can improve because I want everyone wants to see Yuki do well Um, but yeah so disappointing weekend for Alfa Terry I think um, obviously both out in Q2 as I said but uh, yeah and then came along uh, that Q3 so uh, once again George Russell made it through to Q3 which is still a massive achievement. I, I I think he's doing it too often that we we're sort of come prone to it. I think Latifi did get into Q two, so that Williams has made massive strides. You know, rare to see Latifi get out of Q three, and then George was sort of only just scraping into Q two, and now he's getting into. Oh, sorry, I've just got that around the wrong way. Rare to see Latifi get out of Q one. My bad. I got the. See, this is what I'm talking about. You don't come here for any in-depth uh, sort of opinions or any analysis whatsoever. Sorry. So Latifi, at the start of the year, it was sort of rare to see Latifi out of Q1 and maybe George would get through to Q2 and sort of, he might not even go out sometimes. He'd just take the 15th and, hey, you going? <laughs> now he's borderline consistently getting to Q3. And, I mean, we've seen him... At Spa, obviously, qualified second. And this one was different. He was on it. Like, I cannot believe George Russell got into Q, uh, got into third. He, he finished, uh, not finished, he 
got into third uh, in that Q3 and um, I couldn't believe it. I was sort of watching it and it was, I think I remember it, he was the last one to come across the line in his second run and, or his third run maybe, I'm not sure, but he was the last one to come across the line <clears throat> and at the time before it, he was 10th, but like three seconds behind ninth. And I'm like, oh, he's, he's had a crack, you know, he's in a Williams, don't worry about it. I'm not even sure if he's on the track anymore. Comes around the last corner, puts it in third. It was, I mean, <laughs> it was a bit weird because I was already shocked that Norris was in first and Sainz was in second and Lewis was in fourth and he'd spun and then George rounded that last corner and chucked it uh, onto the, this isn't a thing, but the qualifying podium, if you will. Just so many things happen at once, which which happens in qualifying. And I think that's good when they all start to round in and you see they all shuffle together. And um, but yeah, Lando Norris, he is getting very good, like scarily good. He's like, I think. Oh, see, I, I don't. I think the McLaren and the Ferrari are pretty similar. And I think he's outperforming Charles. I think he's nearly fourth on the grid at the moment. I think it goes Lewis or Max have one of them. And then George and then Lando. I, just for outperforming their car. I mean, obviously George has to be up there. I don't think he's... I mean, there's only a certain ceiling for the Mercedes and the Red Bull. How far they can go up from where they should be being at the top I think George has made it to look a lot better because he's in a terrible car and then can jump up spots but Lando is one of the better drivers on the grid at the moment every single weekend he shows up I think the Dutch Grand Prix maybe was an off weekend for McLaren but he's becoming scary good I think he's definitely a future world champion just because of the consistency I think He's always putting in these consistently, surprisingly good efforts. Like, a pole position really wasn't... They they, they wouldn't have thought that going in, but obviously helped by the fact that Verstappen weren't, wasn't there and that... Uh, I think Lewis is... Like, Lewis spun. I think that stuffed up Valtteri a bit as well, but, you know, Perez was still there. He could have done something... Um, Actually, did Bottas? Because I knew I know Bottas took a a uh, an engine penalty. Yeah, Bottas was in Q three and he only managed seventh. Perez only managed ninth. You know, so th- there were good cars there, but you know, Lando Norris and he did it. He he did it, he did about half a second. You know, five tenths was between him and Signs in second, and obviously Signs a great effort as well. There were so many, <coughs> excuse me, uh, highlights. In that, in that Q3, um, I thought Stroll was half a sniff. I mean, uh, I thought back to Turkey when he took pole in the wet, and you know, you, you seen him in Q3. And I think he went maybe second early. And I thought, yeah, Stroll's going to get it here, but obviously he uh, fell away a bit. But you know, so qualifying we ended up with Norris on pole, followed by Sainz, then Russell, which is a mental top three. It's all so young, all so promising, and it's it just makes you excited for the future. I think there's um, not much else to say about it, but you know, especially because they're in three cars that shouldn't be there. 
really. I mean, the top four should be locked out by a Mercedes and a Red Bull. You know, but they're doing it. They're, they're doing it. Obviously, Lewis was in fourth. He didn't get that third or second run in because of the spin because he hit the wall. I think that had a bit to do with it. That was a weird one. Um, a few uncharacteristic... I mean, there's a few things about how uh, Lewis said that Max couldn't handle the pressure of a championship fight and then he's made some pretty silly errors himself, which I thought was a bit interesting. But, um, yeah, just just took it. I, I don't know what to say. He just hit the wall on the pit entry, which, I mean, easily avoided. I mean, I know it was wet, but... I think he was coming in to switch from Inters. So he's on Inters in the wet, which... And I think he was getting slicks, but, you know, broke his front wing off and then just didn't have the time to heat the tyres or anything and just went spinning, which... Yeah, I mean, in a race where uh, Verstappen's going to be starting from the back, I think you have to capitalise a bit better than that, especially when you got George Russell and Williams <laughs> ahead of you. Uh, I think... Like, he just didn't need to do it. It's just an unforced error. I don't... There's not much else. Uh, any other way you can put it. There's not really what to justify it. Which, um, I'm sure Lewis knows that. I don't think he needs me to tell him, but... Yeah, it was just a bit of a weird one. But, uh, yeah, that was qualifying and set up a great grid for the race. I think because of them uh, penalties... So, yeah, we had Max and uh, Leclerc and Bottas... Starting from the back, which, um, see, give me two seconds. Yeah. No, okay. Yeah, so starting from the back, and um, it was always going to be interesting seeing Max come through the field. It was always going to be interesting to see how them top three, that the Norris, Sainz, and Russell, how they can hold their own. And um, obviously they. Um, I mean, Norris, obviously a standout, and uh, it's a bit unfortunate what happened at the end to him, but we'll get to that, so from the start, I think Sainz actually uh, took the lead, which, it didn't look like it, I think Norris got the way better start, but then, it's such a long, I mean, such a long run down to turn two, I mean, turn one's non-existent, it's like 900 metres or something to turn two, the first braking zone, Norris got out ahead, but then that slipstream was just too powerful, and Carlos come flying through, and then Hamilton actually got uh, stiffed pretty hard um, when you know Norris was he felt under threat because the slipstream was just powerful. People were coming through, and then Norris sort of guarded the inside, and uh, Hamilton was about to fly in, but then obviously he nearly pretty much got, had to break, uh, like, with, not even near, anywhere near the corner, and then slip back to seventh, so, um, I think Norris, I think, well, if it hadn't been dry, I think Norris wins that race, but I don't think he does if Hamilton gets a good run there, so, he nearly won it there, but, um, obviously Carlos got through, and then, we seen the strategy battle kick in, the, um, the undercut was crazy good, you know, so, for those who may not know, the undercut is where you essentially pit early and then on the fresher tyres, make up the time. By the time you, the person in front of you pits, they've been going around on older tyres, which means when they pit, they've lost time to you because you've been going around on new tyres and they come out behind. That was in full force. And I thought 
Oh, obviously, I've got no, no idea, but when so Norris got the lead back from Signs and then Signs pitted, I thought Norris was going to go in then. I thought he had to because otherwise, when he did go in eventually, he was going to be come out way behind Signs. But Norris made them mediums work for nearly 40 laps of the 53. I, I think he came in maybe 35. I, I'm not quite sure, but he just held on and. By that time, Science was held up in traffic and everything, and then Norris was able to pit very, very late and come out ahead. So it was interesting because there was like maybe five who pitted really early, and then like ten who pitted sort of the middle, and then another five like Perez and I think Leclerc was in there, and Alonso I think pitted really late. So the strategy battle was uh, enthralling, if you will. You know, I think that made it interesting without the rain. I, I was pretty satisfied with the race until then, obviously, helped along by the fact that you had Norris leading, which, I mean, anything different is going to be pretty interesting than just a, like a Lewis or Max clinic, but it was, um, I, I thought the race was pretty interesting up until then. <coughs> Sorry. Um, but yeah, so then, while all that was going on, the Verstappen was just, flying through we seen uh bodas do it in italy and um but yeah verstappen was coming through he he got through a lot early i think his tires may have died off a touch like he hit that i'm not sure if you've seen it you would have if you watched it but his move on bodas was insane you know i think max sort of felt he had this freedom like sort of nothing to lose sort of mentality which is where you want Max Verstappen to be, I mean, he thrives off hitting, you know, big dive bombs and crazy manoeuvres, he sort of, I think with being in the championship battle, he's um sort of gone into a shell a bit, which maybe just maturity, but he sort of had to, and I'm not disagreeing with that, but when he's starting from the back, he sort of feels like he's maybe got nothing to lose, and it was, uh, it was great to see, because he, he was hitting all their moves into that same corner, and you know, a massive dive on on uh, Bottas, and he, I think him, uh, I want to say Vettel and Leclerc, had a pretty cool battle. Um, obviously, nearly got put in the wall, but he didn't, so it was all good. And um, yeah, just got a bit racy, which is um, what you want from Max Verstappen, because you know that, that that's where the entertainment lies, and Max is one of the best at it. So it was good to see that I, I i know there's probably an argument to be made for um reverse grids but i don't think you need reverse grids you know we've had this race this has happened without reverse grids and you know i think reverse grids sort of uh takes away from the, the legitimacy of the sport i think it's a bit tacky but you know who knows but yeah that was uh obviously great to see and um yeah then the rain hit and uh I'm watching it. Obviously, wanted Lando to win, and uh, it was. Uh, I mean, in hindsight, it's pretty obvious. Pit, <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, watching it live, it was only three laps left. I don't. You lose about twenty five seconds on a pit stop. I don't know how. Like it seems impossible with three laps. <coughs> excuse me. To lose. If you give up 25 seconds, to make up 25 seconds in three laps, it sounds ridiculous, but I think it would have been a huge move for Lando to pit, 
because which made it difficult because he was leading so Lewis can react um, to whatever Norris does. So say Norris pits and then Hamilton doesn't and then Hamilton just goes on a win. It looks so bad. Like I think he no, I'm not sure if he played it safe. Oh, it's hard to say whether he played it. It was a yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure if he played it safe by staying out or that was a risk because in Norris's mind he goes, Oh Hamilton Pitts, he's twenty five seconds behind me now. I'm just gonna it's just three laps, how hard's that? But the rain came in and yeah, he started getting really out of shape and <laughs> I didn't think it could get that bad. Like I didn't think slicks on in the wet was that bad. The uh the act of driving, not the podcast. I think the podcast well, I still, I still think the podcast is pretty average. <laughs> but um yeah, it's it looks terrible to drive. That looked like a horrible time. I was very happy in my Landry. I did not want to be Lando Norris in that situation. He was he just couldn't stay on the track. It couldn't stop. I think there was a oh who was that? I think it was Pierre Gasly. Oh, don't quote me on that, but you know he just tried to break going into corner and just slid straight off and just didn't couldn't stop the car at all, let alone turn it, let alone be fast at all, and then. Yeah, obviously, uh, Norris was getting unlapped. I mean, sorry, the other people, the back markers were unlapping Norris, and then, yeah, then he sort of went off the track, and then through went Lewis Hamilton, and then I think the whole world just sort of slumped in that chair because it was sad to see. Lando so deserved the win. He was so good. He held off the uh, the McLaren, uh, sorry, the Mercedes for so long, and it looked like he was going to get overrun very easily. I think he sort of sandbagged a bit. It, the gap was like 12 seconds and it came down to like one and a half seconds within about like no laps at all. But then he was able to hold, able to hold, sorry, that 1.5 second gap, whatever it was, just out of DRS range. And to hold off a seven-time world champion going for your first win, like that takes some, God, like that's some composure right there. I mean, to survive that for the the 15 laps he did is um an effort in itself just to not make a mistake when you've got when you're heading for your first win you've got a seven-time world champion behind you that's i think that shows why lando norris is one of the best drivers on the grid at the moment and um look it it was very sad to see um him sort of obviously trip at the last hurdle but it is what it is, and, you know, he made the wrong call. I mean, it's it's a bit it's tough because <laughs> that one wrong call cost him not only a win but a podium. I think he finished seventh or eighth in the end, which it, it seems unfair because, you know, people make... Cause it was just a, it was a 50-50, really. I mean, the team didn't give him the information that he probably needed. So it was sort of a, a 50-50 decision, like... You know, people can make the decision to, I don't know, know, wear the red shoes or the the green shoes. Look, maybe the green ones would have looked better, but you wore the red ones. But there's no real consequences for that. This is a good analogy, trust me. But, you know, Lando Norris, does he choose the green tyres or the, I think he was on the hearts, or the white tyres? It's the 50-50 chance, but the the consequences are massive if you get it wrong, and, and he did. So, um, look, that sucked, if I uh, can be honest, but, yeah, 
What can you do? I was glad that uh, to see Verstappen come in second. I don't know how that happened. The changes, that, there was a graphic that uh, I think Formula 1 put on their Instagram of the top 10 on lap 50 to 53. <laughs> Completely switched around. I don't know how, when Verstappen got into second. I don't know how that happened. Um, but it did, and I was glad it did because it could have been very ugly for that championship uh, you know, sort of fight if Lewis was to maybe win and then, I don't know, I think uh, Max was only going to be pick up, you know, one or two points down in ninth or 10th or wherever he was before the rain came. So, I mean, there were some positives, but uh, obviously wasn't what you want. But, um, yeah, 100 race wins for Lewis Hamilton, as I said, and obviously a great achievement. So it wasn't all bad, but... Wasn't ideal, I don't think. Radio, as always, uh, I made some predictions in the last episode for this Russian Grand Prix, and boy, oh boy, was I wrong. You know, one of my worst efforts. Um, I'll quickly run through. Uh, so for qualifying, I had Bottas, uh, Lewis, and then Max. Obviously, that wasn't close. None of them three were in it. It was, uh, I'm not saying, my back was up against the wall with Max not even participating. So, look, I don't think I can be held accountable for that. I mean, maybe I should have foreseen uh, his uh, him taking a penalty. But, uh, yeah, look, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I don't have that ability. Uh, but, yeah, obviously it was Norris signs Russell. So, not even close. Can't even give a half mark or anything for myself for that one. So, Look, that was pretty poor. Um, Sunday, I had Lewis Bottas Max. Bit better. A touch better. Obviously, Lewis won. I was spot on with that one. Thanks for coming. Um, then I had uh, Bottas, which, I mean, he was sort of nowhere. He started roughly from the back. I think he was like 15th or something, and then just didn't really do much. I think he he got passed by Max and as I said earlier and then yeah, just wasn't really on it. But um yeah, so Max finished second in the end somehow. Still don't know how that happened. And then third I had Max was but Carlos Sainz finished third, which that sort of flew under the radar a bit for mine. I think that's a great effort by Carlos. Um you know, obviously started second but it looked really ropey, as I said. He pitted really early, but and then that looked to be the the wrong move. I think the rain uh, coming might have saved him a bit, but yeah, he was able to slip into third. So I was wrong on that one as well. The headline: I said team orders at Mercedes to give Lewis the win. Um, no, <laughs> that I, I sort of pictured Lewis and Bottas being out in front, maybe Bottas ahead. And then sort of team waters coming into play, but obviously Bottas, as I said, started from the back, so that was never going to be a, any in any danger. So once again, a big fat cross through that one for mine, um, which you know this isn't looking flash. And then the Mazda spins, uh, I had him down for two, and he had zero, which I was actually surprised by. There's a website, it's called Nikita Mazda Spin, and it shows you his spins for every session of the year. It's a pretty good look. That's where I get my information from. And hang on, he actually hasn't had one in a month. 
which is, I mean, good on you, Nikita. So, uh, yeah, I was wrong on that one. He had zero, which I feel robbed by that one, actually, because uh, I feel like he definitely should have spun at some point in that rain, at least. Oh, actually, he might have... Was that Mick or him? One of the has has DNF'd early. I think it was Mick. Yeah, I think uh, Mazepin uh, sort of struggled throughout. But, uh, yeah, Nikita finished. Two laps behind. So good on him. But, yeah, so wrong on that one. But, uh, yeah, not my greatest effort. Okay, it is time for, once again... The best segment this podcast has ever seen. It's the Slick 7. Uh, if you don't know, we sort of run through uh, seven things in... Uh, well, I say no particular order usually, but this time there is an order. And in honour of uh, Hamilton's 100th Grand Prix win, we're looking at the best drivers of all time. And this will be in order. Now, I usually count 1 to 7, and I'm going to continue that. So just know that 7 is who I think is the GOAT of Formula 1. So, one of seven. Now, this... This is... This isn't current. I don't... This... Okay. It's Max Verstappen. I've got him as the seventh best driver of all time. This one, maybe, is sort of a, a future prediction. Because, I mean, he's breaking all sorts of records. Like, he... I mean, I know I haven't seen much Formula 1... But he's that good. He's holding up to seven-time world championship Lewis Hamilton in a pretty similar car. So like, I don't see how he cannot be a future at least top seven. So I just had to chuck him. I couldn't dismiss him. He's that good. You know, you can look back on this when he's won bloody 15 world drivers championships and he's got a million and a half wins. And just know that I picked it. I would would say early, but he's already a bona fide star. So, not so an interesting pick there, I think. But I don't, I don't think many like he's that good. I I don't think you can really disagree that he will be eventually in the seven. Whether that goes against the rules of the slick seven, the best drivers of all time. Granted that he's probably not in there yet. I I, I make the rules here, so. You know, you can check the bylaws all you want of the podcast, but I think you'll find that my judgment stands. Granted that there is no one else in this bedroom of mine. So, unlucky. Uh, two of seven, I've got Ant and Senna. Obviously, the Senna and Prost rivalry, I wasn't exactly there to see. I've heard lots about it, and um, yeah, I think I think Prost is the better for mine. Um, that's why I've got Senna. Well, I've got him second here, but he's essentially sixth, best all time. He doesn't quite crack the top five for me. I mean, only the three drivers' championships, which, I mean, obviously still isn't bad. <laughs> but uh, when you're dealing with the best of the best, you've uh, got to be on it. So, uh, number two, Senna. Uh, number three is seven. I've got one Manuel Fangio. Obviously, five-time World Driver Championship. Uh, did it at a time where it was probably, I'm not going to say easier, but less competitive. Um, I think he won them for all different teams. I honestly probably should have researched that, but, yeah, I mean, it's a bit hard to deny five uh, championships. You know, it's obviously, you have to be pretty dang good. So, 
Fangio uh, can sit in this third spot in the six seven, but uh, really fought fifth best of all time for mine. Four of seven, we got Prost as I mentioned earlier. I think he sort of out edged center in the end, and um, as I said, I think he's better than Fangio just on the fact that I think Fangio did it at a different time. It's obviously difficult to compare errors, but I think that uh, to win, I think he won four championships at a time where, you know, Senna and like these other greats were at, were also there competing. So Prost is the fourth best all-time for mine. Um, now we get into the top three all-time. The fifth on the slick seven I think these are pretty self-explanatory. You got Sebastian Vettel, uh, four-time world champion. World champion. I think he's third on the. I think he's got about sixty wins. He's he's just his stats prove it. You know he did it. Um, obviously Red Bull were very good at the time. He did it at a young age. Obviously he's had his troubles, in, in recent years. But I don't think you can take away what he did early. And I think that is enough to get him into the third. I think we'll look back on Sebastian Vettel and sort of take him for granted a bit just because of his um, struggles in recent years. But, you know, he's... uh, I don't think you can say that he's not one of the greats. Um, Now, the the two. Here we we go. This is where it gets a bit uh, heated, if you will. The six on the slick seven and second best of all time for mine is Michael Schumacher. I think, obviously, I've never seen Schumacher race. Um, like, I just wasn't into Formula One at the time. So, it could be a bit biased, but obviously, the 94-1, I want to guess. Race wins, seven championships. I don't think... I think he's an easy second, um, but I just think the man uh, who comes up next is just, I just don't, I can't put the man who comes up next below him, below Schumacher, I've just never seen anyone dominate a sport, now Schumacher probably did a similar thing, but yeah, I yeah, there's not much... It's really a gut feeling thing, it, and I've never seen him race, which probably doesn't help his case. I'm not saying uh, that he was definitely uh, better, but of course the slick seven, and my goat it's Lewis Hamilton. A uh, hundred Grand Prix wins, ridiculous. He's done it. I know the Mercedes has been a very very good car, but it just it's hundred race wins, seven championships. Probably will add to at least... I reckon he's going to add another two to that tally. He, uh, he's he got the edge this year. Easily could win it. Depending on what happens with the new regs next year, easily could add another one there. One, another one or two. I think he's signed on for another two years. So, I think Hamilton is, yeah, the GOAT of Formula 1 for mine. So, um... Yeah, that that's the slick seven. Done and does it for another week. How good. Righto, it is time for my actual favourite segment. It's the Aussie Review. And a lot of Aussies in action this weekend. We have obviously had 
F3, F2 and F1 all competing this weekend at Sochi and um, some great results. Obviously, we'll start with F3. Jack Doohan secured second in the F3 championship, which is a great effort. Um, Obviously, he won the feature race, which was a good way to cap off his year and he looks promising. Obviously, his dad was pretty good. Um... At least in supercars, I'm not sure if he'd done anything outside of Australia. I'm sure I'm sure he would have. But um yeah, Jack Doohan. Remember the name, you know, Piastri won F three last year. Obviously Doohan came pretty close, but um which is I think they're on a, a similar level. So Piastri looking for an F one seat this year, so you know, Doohan I think it'll be around the mark, uh, in the near future. So exciting times, uh, for Australian motorsport. A lot of Good young talent um, with doing, I think. Uh, oh, I forgot his name. Actually, I've got it here somewhere. There is. Excuse me. No, can't find it. Oh, well. Not oh, Callum Williams. He's uh, in F3 as well. So, you know, a bit on there. So, but uh, yeah, congrats to Jack Doohan. Obviously, uh, mammoth effort to get second. So. Yeah, I mean, consistency's key uh, in uh, sort of a, over a season. You know, one win's cool, but to get a good result, like second in a, in a championship such as F3, is a, a great uh, effort, and uh, that's what you want to be doing. You know, consistently taking home good results, bringing home good points, and he's obviously been able to do that. So good on him as we move to F2. My man, Oscar Piastri, he is my favourite driver in the world at the moment. I'm so on the Piastri bandwagon. If you follow me on Instagram, you obviously know this. I tend to talk about him quite a bit and um, for good reason. You know, if he won again on the weekend, won the feature race and he extended that championship lead. He took pole as well, the first. Oh, no, not sorry. The I think the only people to take three F2 poles were George Russell, Alex Albon, and someone else, someone else in F1 currently, so, who was that, was it Lando, might have been Lando, maybe, oh, don't quote me on that, might have stuffed that up, but yeah, PS3 got pole, and then, obviously, I think he had a decent sprint race, obviously, has to start from 10th, but, uh, yeah, and then won the feature race from pole, so, he extends his championship lead uh, over Guangzhou, jeez, I'll butcher that name again, but, you know, it's, uh, I, I hope he can get that Alpha seat, it still hasn't been announced, um, obviously Giovinazzi was nowhere this week, actually, interesting with uh, Giovinazzi, I've seen, he didn't actually have team radio for all of the Grand Prix, which is one of the worst Grand Prix to not have team radio, because, I mean, switching to, when to switch to Inters, and when to Box, and all that sort of stuff, would have been very tough, so, I mean, shout out to Giovinazzi for that, but he was, I mean, Alfa Romeo really were nowhere, I think Kimi didn't do much better, so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I think Giovinazzi still deserves a seat, but if he doesn't, Piastri's knocking on the door, and we've seen the Alfa Romeo team boss come out and say that the, there was, there was something without that Zhu had a lot of money to give, and he sort of said, well, cool, but... We don't really give a shit. Um, we we want a good driver. So that was promising for Piastri. I mean, 
<laughs> obviously the better driver. I will say that with my chest and in great confidence. He keeps proving that. And uh, yeah, I just really hope because he's most he's pretty likely he's going to win F two now. Obviously, it's not a done deal by any stretch of the imagination, but it will be sad to see him win F2, not get an F1 seat, and then just be stuck in IndyCar or something like that, which obviously isn't the worst result, but it's not the end goal for Piastri. And, um, yeah, I just really hoping he can uh, sort of get it done. But, uh, yeah, great result. As we move to F1, Danny Rick was good. Very solid. Um, qualified uh, fifth. So, you know, very good place to be. I mean, I know your teammate's on pole, but different circumstances being in the wet. So, but, um, and then, yeah, finished fourth in the race, which he nearly nearly got to go that podium. He, him and Signs were battling it out for a bit before the rain came. I think he needed to pass him then to sort of secure that uh, podium, that last podium spot, but uh, he couldn't quite do it, but fourth is still a great result um, for Danny Rick, especially when he won last week, and sort of before that, he was, I think it's pretty well documented that he probably wasn't getting the results that he wanted, and, um, but yeah, Danny Rick, I think he's back, I think he's probably worked out the, the McLaren, obviously tricky to drive, and, um, yeah, it's just, it's just good to see him getting uh, decent results. He doesn't have to win every week, obviously, but, you know, a fourth is a, a very uh, respectable result. So, good on you, Danny Rick. We're all behind you. Piastri, keep winning. Keep killing F2. And, uh, yeah, congrats, Jack Doohan. What a man. What a country. How good. Right, as we sort of wrap up this episode of Slicks On In The Wet, we will give some predictions to Tur- uh, for Turkey, sorry, uh, obviously the Turkish Grand Prix in a couple of weeks, it was uh, very eventful last year and it'll probably be wet again, I think, um, it was last year, <laughs> since Stroll on pole and I think this is the race where Lewis secured his championship last year, so obviously a very different situation this year, but I'll do my best to give some predictions, it could be wet, this could be all wrong, but Saturday I've gone for Stappen. Uh, then Lewis, and then Lando. I think Lando's so on it at the moment, and um, he I'd honestly rate him better than, a better chance than Perez and Bottas. I, I think he's just, I, I think that what I've done there with Verstappen, Lewis, Norris is just sort of my power rankings, if you will, in a qualifying session. I mean, we've seen it at Spa, he would have been on Spoiler Par if he pole at Spa, if he, oh, I'm not even sure if he crashed, it was sort of more of a FIA issue there, but um, yeah, and we obviously got pole this weekend, and yeah, he's so on at the moment, it's good to see, because I mean, everyone loves Lando Norris, um, Sunday, I've got Max Verstappen winning, I've got Hamilton in third, and I've got Charles Leclerc in second. Why? I don't know. I don't know. I think the 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 Ferrari was much better this weekend, which was a bit surprising given um 
actually probably what the, the long straight probably killed him a bit but it's a pretty high downforce circuit Sochi so I mean they were back on it oh, I'm not even really sure I think the the layout of Turkey is pretty meh in terms of doesn't really suit or not suit Ferrari so but I, I think Ferrari will uh, on Sunday particularly well this moves me into my headline that McLaren and Ferrari will be within five points after the the weekend is all said and done. It's 18 points at the moment, uh, McLaren's way. I think Sainz has proved uh, that he's on it at the moment. Leclerc was obviously a bit nowhere, but he had to start from the back, which uh, proved difficult, as it would. And, um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've gone the headline... I think the headline has to be something that a bit outrageous, so that's why we've gone there. I'm not saying that'll happen, but if it does, I will definitely claim it as uh, as my full, wholehearted what I thought was going to happen. But if it doesn't, you know, I didn't really think it was going to happen anyway, so we'll just cover all bases there. Uh, Mazda spins have gone one. He's due, very much due. A lot of undulation, uh, uh, sort of elevation changes, if you will, at Turkey. You know, if you get it, you're going uphill, catch a curb, see you later. Um, so, a lot of medium-speed corners, which are pretty easy to spin out, of, especially if it's wet. I mean, we've seen Bodass. I'm not sure if he went straight last year. He was sort of manoeuvring in 360s only last year. So, can be done. Can be done, the old spinner at uh, Turkey, but... Yeah, he hasn't done it for a while. He might, he, he might be done. You know what he's done with that spin life, the Mezzo spin life? Um, you know, you got that new contract. He might be uh, done, which is I mean, good on him. Power to him. But uh, I've got him down for one. I think he'll maybe chuck a cheeky one in practice or something, hopefully. But yeah, they're my predictions. Um, hopefully they come true. Um, obviously, after the shock I've had this weekend, but we'll see, we'll see. Righto, that wraps up this episode of Slicks On In The Wet. I've just checked the camera and I've realised it has only recorded about 20 minutes. So this might be an audio-only podcast because it's 11.30 at night and I'm not recording this again. Um, I think it was a pretty good episode, you know, talking about Norris and his troubles and obviously the Aussie Review, which I love, which was a good one because Piastri's up and about and doing was up and about, and Danny Rick's back, so, yeah, that's, that is unfortunate, I'll th- hopefully can get a few clips out of the first 20 minutes, just to sort of, uh, make that up, but, um, yeah, uh, thanks for listening again, um, I'll see you in two weeks after Turkey, peace out.